0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a Critic on BFM 89.9.
1: Hello, you're listening to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and with me for today's review is arts writer and podcaster Lim Jackkin. Good to have you back after quite a while, Jack.
0: Hey, it's good to be back.
1: So, we're reviewing a theater showcase today. It's Until We Catch the Dawn by Theater Source. It's actually a, um, a showcase of several short plays that is a product of the emerging directors' lab that Theater Source has been running. So, this happened uh, over the last week, but they are going to be doing a series of other showcases as the year progresses. Um, it's essentially Loosely themed around the idea of the past versus the present, the notion of seeking closure, and it showcases the directorial works of five different local directors working on plays that were either written by Malaysian or Singaporean playwrights. Um, Jack, what did you think overall
0: of the showcase? Um, I had a really good time. <laughs> I think I mean, there's probably a lot of things we can pick about um, the content itself, but. I have to say, as an experience, um, it was remarkably well-organized. As an artistic experience, it's just really, really cathartic to be in there in a space and watching people perform live. I think everyone took a lot of care to make everything as safe as they can. Yeah, I had a good time.
1: I know what you're saying. I think more and more, I think I've just... Appreciated the ability to able to watch a to even watch a live play, um, and that's definitely something I enjoyed about this. After nearly a year and a half, two years of online performances and and so on, the fact that you get five different stories, um, different groups of actors, different approaches to direction, all in one showcase was also just an exciting thing to be around and be a part of. Um, Again, we can get into, I think, the the challenges of that as well and the downsides of then what were individual plays now being grouped together and the impact of that and do they work together as a showcase. But I thought perhaps we could start by getting into the individual um, works themselves um, so that we can kind of discuss each each one in its own merit before we look at it overall. The first play that, um, that it starts off with is one by Alfian Saad. It's directed by Dexter Zen and it's called The Widow of Fort Road. I think this one for me, in terms of the staging and the story, um, was one of the more interesting ones. It was meant to be a two-handed, it's meant to be two performers, but then the um, there was a, a whole quarantine situation and the actress who was supposed to be in the play ended up having to do just her voice. So they had a last minute staging challenge and so on. So all of that in mind, because it involves two characters meeting in a dream uh, and sort of rehashing this fraught relationship that they had in the past um i thought it it actually worked pretty well the accident of not having one of the characters on stage ended up adding a sort of mood to the piece that i didn't expect
0: oh yeah um i was only made aware after i finished the play uh that one of the one of the actors couldn't be there but you wouldn't have known it from uh just being there and watching it, mm. it was so seamless. And I've been on the other side. I've been like, you know, involved in productions and stuff. That is a difficult feat to pull off. I'm really, really, um, I get really excited when I see achievements in direction and achievements in production like that. Because when you have like a disembodied voice speaking to a character, it's so much pressure on the actor who is remaining. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's an amazing performance from both of them. But then suddenly, when one of them is not physically on stage, the other one just has so much more weighing on him. Um, There's so much more timing that has to be precise. And that really speaks to the strength of, um, I think, the rehearsals, the strength of the direction. You can really tell there was a lot of effort um, put into making it just so seamless. And I think, you know, from an emotional perspective, yeah, having one character not physically be there, kind of almost like a ghost, like you're hearing her the voice of her mind, it it works, it ties into the story.
1: Yeah, and I just wanted to give props to uh, Lokshi Hong, who is the actor who ended up having to take on the solo performance aspect. Um, And the actress, of course, is Putrina Rafi. And um, I mean, I, I just think, as you said, this would have been such a challenge to execute last minute. And for what it's worth, despite the material itself perhaps feeling a little bit dated, which is an issue that we can get to later. But in terms of an experience, this one for me worked really well. Then we come to Downstream Delta which is um, also by Alphian Saad and directed by Lau Yi Choi. Um, This one uh, for me in terms of performances was very, very strong. I really enjoyed the contrast in performance style and demeanor and and, and even line delivery by Praveen Arikia and Gregory Z. Um, And again, I mean, story might feel slightly samey compared to what we had seen before but the performances carried it through I thought the the idea of staging it in a very spare space that's meant to evoke uh, being at a swimming pool essentially all of those
0: worked really well I thought it was a pretty strong performance from both uh, Gregory and Raveen. I guess I had a slightly more sorry I'm gonna say that again <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoyed the performance from both both Gregory and Praveen. I had a bit of a problem with the way some of the conflict built up throughout the play. You know, it starts off with the two characters sitting in the, by the swimming pool and there's an unspoken kind of tension between them. And it doesn't really come out. It doesn't really build up, in my opinion. I don't know if that's a limitation of the script or the direction, but there is one sequence where one of the characters does something and suddenly Praveen's character blows up. To me, it just felt very awkward and halting, and then all at once. After the conflict comes out, then we start seeing a bit more of a smooth progression. But I think this is an issue that exists to some extent throughout all the plays, and I think it's really the burden of the director. It's tone management. It's understanding when a moment is supposed to be more funny to the audience or when you're trying to communicate the moment as funny, whether it's through you know production cues, the visual stuff or the performance of the actors. And I think here is where we I started to have a few problems, but I think overall it was a very well-directed um, performance. I think it was a really interesting, like dramatic conflict in this play. And uh, I had no major problems.
1: So all of those things that you said about timing, about decision on how to stage a script, um, what to emphasize and what to downplay were things that for me came very strongly with the third play, which is Noah, uh, written by Shameen Othman, directed by Mia Sabrina Mahader, performed by Atika Ashburn and Nisha Aziz. Um, Now, for me, this one was probably the one that worked the least. And I think it has to do with the fact that they took a script that essentially thrives on a sort of edgy, witty, dark humor, um, which could have worked, I think. I have never seen this stage previously, so I'm not sure how it worked in previous stagings, but they went very broad. The decision to go extremely broad and melodramatic and over the top with the humor and the body language of the performance took away. And and in fact, I don't know, um, in a story that's essentially a depiction of female friendships um this one felt like it was doing a disservice to the whole idea of female friendships and made a concept that could have been edgy feel very dated in some ways and and i wish that perhaps the the the, the wit of the script had been better utilized here
0: mm, i'm with you there i think this was a little bit of a miss for me i understand i may not be the target audience you know but um it did feel like structurally, like as a play, as a as a plot, there was a lot of opportunity for just the comedy, the pure comedy of the situation. There's a lot of really dark things that happen. And uh, when I think about them, I laugh out loud, but I think the way the actors or the director chose to have the actors perform that in a very kind of um, melodramatic, like you said, flamboyant way, it there was a bit of a disconnect for me. I felt like the audience was laughing a lot But I felt like they were laughing at the the melodrama, the kind of um, stereotypical sex in the city style, um, behavioral tics of the actors rather than, oh, this is actually a really funny situation. Um, And it turned it into a a play that was getting laughs because of the mannerisms, or at least um, that's how I interpreted it. It, there was a lot of dudes, there were a lot of dudes at the showing I was at just laughing and you got this vibe of like, oh, ho, ho this is just how women are.
1: Yeah, um, that's exactly it. Getting So I felt like it was getting laughs because of the rehashing of stereotypes about women just being mean and passive aggressive with each other, which which I thought was a pity because I think what the script maybe was trying to do was break down that kind of stereotype. Um, But yeah, yeah, I would have liked to see more from this one. Um, We will continue our conversation after this. We are reviewing a showcase of plays called Until We Catch the Dawn by Theatre Source. It features um, a lineup of Emerging directors, let us know, do you enjoy Short plays? Do you enjoy this sort of showcase? You can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio.
0: Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic with Sharmila. And today I'm joined by Lim Jackin, who is an arts writer and a podcaster. And together we're reviewing Until We Catch the Dawn by Theatre Source. It's a showcase of short plays featuring emerging local directors uh, with scripts by both Malaysian and Singaporean writers and We've been talking through the different plays. So we've done three so far. The fourth one that um, was in the lineup was Iridescence, also by Alfian Sa'ad, directed by Dinesh Kumar Maganathan and featuring Don Cheong and Dominic lucian Look, What did you make of this one, Jack?
0: Ooh, okay. Um, this one was my most mixed bag of plays. There were some elements I really, really intensely loved and some elements that made me extremely uncomfortable. The things that I loved, uh, first of all, First of all, both actors were great, but I do want to give a special shout out to Don Cheong, who I think really, really brought it. This was a very difficult role, and I think she's limited by some of the scripts, some of the, basically who this character is written as, but she takes this. And I think this uh, is also a credit to Dinesh, the director. She really plays this kind of tightrope performance and really tries her best to Ring out every ounce of sympathy you can have for a character like this. Um, And just from a technical perspective, I think she's one of the strongest actors there, and um, usually performances like that are a result of uh, really good directorial efforts and really good direction. As for things I'm not super happy about, from a plot perspective, this is the third offensive play you would have seen, right? And this is the fourth play in the lineup, and if you're there uh, you would have seen two other Alpha plays before this. All of them, you start to see a familiar theme. And that theme is one in which like one character just inflicts an intense amount of trauma on another character. And often that trauma comes in the form of a very specific kind of bigotry. You know, so Don's character is the one inflicting the pain in this one and, and being bigoted and being um just hateful. And you get the sense that a lot of these tropes are just dated. They would have been very new in the 90s. They would have been very new in the 2000s. And they're still necessary. It's difficult to eliminate that trauma. But when the play becomes that, uh, when the play becomes solely about this person giving trauma, but using another character's suffering to achieve their own catharsis, suddenly I'm just like really taken out of it. It becomes extremely uncomfortable. So as, as strong as the performance was, I just... It was just really difficult to get on board with the play as a whole because of the the plot limitations.
1: Um, I'm with you there, 100 percent. Everything you said. I did want to say I love the dynamism of the staging. Um, The actors executed it beautifully. I mean, it's essentially just two people sitting at a table in a restaurant and the way they navigate the space, the way the director chooses to have them move around that space, to have both a, a sense of claustrophobia but also a sense of space um that was very clever um again i love perform both performances dawn did a great job but i i agree i i think that by this point in the play the the i said sameness earlier and, and, and it's definitely that the repetition of these sorts of traumatic tropes uh, even sometimes particular lines that uh, are repeated because it's the same playwright it starts it starts to feel a little bit like dated a little bit repetitive and a little bit like you know i want to see characters like these being given some joy some space to exist within which it's not trauma
0: you know mm-hmm. um before you get on to uh the next thing though i do want to add on to that and say towards the end of that showcase it did feel like i was uh, a part of some kind of fascinating theater scientific experiment where the one variable that was the same was the writer whose plays were being adapted and and produced on the stage. And then we were getting to see each director do a different take on it. But yeah, I guess Afian arts presence just hangs over this showcase for better or for worse and and really just breathes into the, the life of this space for better or for worse.
1: So the last play in the showcase is um, perhaps after everything we've said, it it might not be surprising why for me, at least um, it was probably my favorite. It's by Rajkumar Thyagaras, who is a Singapore, Singaporean playwright. And it's called Ontakan, The Blue Hour, directed by Dinesha Kartigesu, starring uh, Ashraf Zulk. And it's supposed to have starred someone else, but again, some COVID related complication. And so Dinesha ended up having to play the other character, I loved this play so much. It's so contemporary because it deals with separation due to COVID, two characters that have to essentially continue their relationship via Zoom and the pains and the pleasures and the little moments that that involves. And the way the whole thing was staged with the two characters sort of, I mean, you're supposed to imagine they're staring at screens, but they move around the space. They uh, sit not facing each other, facing each other, opposite to each other. Um, there was so much to like about this. And I'm glad that it was the last thing they staged because I went away remembering that versus perhaps some of the more um, mixed reactions I had earlier.
0: Mm, yeah. Um, I do want to say like, it was so nice when I, when I was watching that last play, I was thinking, Oh my goodness, finally some joy. That is such a beautiful thing to experience. And um, the fact that these are characters who are not just experiencing pain, but also joy, makes them so much more full to me. They they become more complete human beings. They don't just become, like, targets of violence for me to, like, intellectualize and and live my catharsis through. Um, They become real people who enjoy this love between each other and, you know, to have it taken away, and not even for reasons that have specifically to do with any sort of bigotry or oppression, just just pure tragedy. It really brought things back down to like its emotional roots to like really core relatable emotions. And um, I cannot believe that they found a way to make Zoom calls theatrical. That was beautiful. I know. I was
1: so skeptical because I thought, oh, who, I I was hoping we wouldn't have to look at screens. And no, they made it so thoroughly human.
0: Yeah, it's really, um, it's the idea of being able to express what a Zoom call feels like not just what it looks like but there's like when you have this moment where you're video calling a loved one or a lover suddenly the whole world disappears and it's just you and them and you don't care about the stuff on your desk you don't care about like the background because it's all blurred out and just like zoom blurs out your background on camera that's what they achieved in the play itself you you blurred out the rest of the world except these two characters and what they felt and what they say
1: so I wanted to close off our conversation really by taking a macro view of the whole thing because we've we've mentioned some of the challenges along the way. Um, and I wanted to point out that um, perhaps it is slightly unfair to judge the merit of each individual play by the by what it stands up against in a showcase. But I think that's inevitable because from an audience point of view we're going to talk about the whole experience. Um, it did feel to me like, there were a couple of missed opportunities. One was perhaps to uh, to take on more recent plays, to take on a more diverse roster of playwrights, to um, take on, if not different or diverse issues, to take on plays that address these issues in different ways. Um, but for me, particularly, um, and 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 perhaps predictably, because I am a woman, um, I think for me it sat a little bit uncomfortably that in a roster of five. Place the one that had two women being able to communicate with each other and having conversations with each other, um, it was one where they weren't portrayed well. Um, it was one where all we got was the passive aggression and pettiness of female friendships. Um, and I thought that in terms of representation, perhaps there could have been more, more given to the soul female-centric story in this whole thing. That said, I don't think that my reaction to this play would have been like this if it had been showcased differently. So I am aware that this is a grouping thing rather than a, the 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 perhaps the fault of that play itself. How did it work for you overall?
0: Mm, that's a very interesting question. And you're right in that if you're there as an audience member, you're going to be comparing and contrasting and that might feel unfair, but that's just, it's just going to be the vibe you get. I thought perhaps there was a point where I felt the plays were getting a little bit samey and I don't know the logistics behind, you know, how they choose the plays to produce or how, how these things get chosen. There's probably a lot of things to do with rights and um, with permissions and with logistics and what's feasible. That said, what I see is the end result. I think tonally, they all kind of followed the same thing with the exception of one or two, which stuck out. So then, you felt you feel this sense of imbalance. There's three plays that are very alike, and then maybe one play that's a little bit different, and one play that's a little bit more different. And I'm not sure if I walked away feeling like I had one cohesive experience. I don't know if that's the intent behind the workshop. I'm sure like each emerging director, who all did a really good job, I think. Um, I'm sure they would have all liked space to flex their individual directorial strengths and I think maybe one way to go about that would have been to have different types of plays. Um, I don't know. I think there's space for comedy. I think there's space for surrealism. I think there's space for real experimental things where, I don't know, somebody starts chatting with the audience or breaks the fourth (laughs) wall. (laughs) Even emotionally, there's space for an angry play. There's space for a really sad and contemplative play. But what we got was kind of the same notes over and over. And we saw everybody's take on it, but it did feel like, I would have much rather watched each of these plays in isolation rather than all together. I don't know if it I don't know if they're stronger together. That's a real shame.
1: Yes, that's exactly what I felt. I felt like the the whole does not justify the parts, if that makes sense. And, and I wish it did because, um, and, and to close off, I think this is a good place. Each of those directors that this is meant to showcase, I thought did a really good job. Directorially, there were things that they brought that I found interesting. And I definitely want to see more work from each of them. Uh, th- yeah. Thanks, Jack, for reviewing this with me.
0: Thank you. Uh, and I guess we just have to keep going to more plays and giving the arts more money if we want to see more different Absolutely. things. Absolutely.
1: And that's such a great place to end on. Um, I did want to say that Theatre Source will be doing more of these showcases over the course of the year. So if you're interested uh, to know when their next showcase is, uh, you can head on over to their social media and follow them and let us know, do you enjoy these sorts of uh, showcases? Emerging directors, short plays, what are some good ones that you've watched? You can WhatsApp 18 789 tweet us at BFM Radio.